Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 13. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in the world, as usual, I hope you are having a fantastic week and a festive week as we're closing up to Christmas. Santa Claus is getting ready. I'm sure you are getting, you are having very excited children who are, can't wait to see what goodies Santa brings them. Or perhaps you are just looking forward to just wind down, that this is a great time of year just to, as everything starts to slow down and, you know, we close for the, the Christmas breaks, it's that opportunity to sort of catch our breaths because no doubt you've been kicking butt, trying to get things going with your business and slowing everything down and making every, sure everything's been covered and done and delivered and everything on time in order for that breakdown but it's really important that you take this time to sort of chill out and recharge your batteries ready to you know knock the socks off the beginning of 2017 however this is also a time of year for you to just start thinking I mentioned it on last week's episode about just thinking about what it is that you're wanting to do in 2017 what targets are you wanting to do for next year in order to make it the best year yet. And I know that's a bit of a cliche, but I believe that that's what we should aim for. We should always aim for making the following year better than the year we've just had. And 2016's been an, an interesting year for many people. And it's just one of those things that we need to make sure. So in order to help you get 2017 off the ground the correct way, the next few shows are geared to help you do that. Our guest for next week is Dave Heiner. He's a massive goal specialist, great guy, phenomenal speaker, and he will assist you in looking at how you set the right type of goals in order to um, achieve them and the strategies he uses to help you achieve them. And then the following week, we are going to do a special where it's just me, and we're going to talk about the different strategies and techniques and the thought process that I go through in planning for my, you know, my business and my life for the following year, but also the strategies that I use with my clients. And it's just really to give you some ideas. If you perhaps aren't the best at planning for the beginning of the year, then, you know, hopefully these this these strategies are going to are going to assist you and it's really about just making sure that we can get the you know get to, get the following year the new year coming in that we start you know we hit the ground running rather than it sometimes which is a very a slow start process as we come out of holiday mode and it's really important to keep that you know get that momentum going as quick as possible but Let's talk about today's show. So today we have a great guest whose speciality is leadership, and our guest today is Terry Wildman. Terry's leadership expertise evolved during 40 years of entrepreneurship, owning and operating a manufacturing company and the Winds of Change Holistic Education and Leadership Centre, working as a military career transition trainer and a law enforcement professional, and her role as a mum and military spouse adds fuel to Terry's insights as a leadership speaker, trainer, consultant and coach. So Terry, I just want to say welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? It is so nice to be here today. That's very good, and what a what a privilege it is to have you on the show. So, Terry, how did how did this how did you evolve from doing all of this? What sort of gave you that that spring to take the entrepreneurial journey? 
I have always been an entrepreneur. Okay. From the time I was a kid, I was an entrepreneur. It was I was always coming up with little ideas on how to do this and how to do that and how to do that and how to do this. Even one of my ideas was raising parakeets and selling them because we had a couple of parakeets <laughs> that we uh, that as pets. So, and that was about seven or eight years old. Yeah, uh, well, that, so that's very entrepreneurial. Yes, it is. <laughs> it yes, certainly it is. is. I, I can't think I had ever thought of that one. But then we said we don't have anything as exotic as parakeets. You know, yeah. blackbirds and magpies don't go the same way as parakeets up here. Ah, there you go. <laughs> so what? So what? What drove you into sort of specialising in leadership? Well, leadership has also always been a big part of my world. Uh, when I saw something that needed to be done, I just took action on it. And I found that there were times when I took leadership that people responded so powerfully, not necessarily to me, but to the event, to the actions that were being done. It, it, was, it would create a, a small movement and that's when I realized that perhaps there was something really there that I had to contribute. Right. Okay. Okay. And for you, when you teach leadership, do you find that there, there are just common traits in leadership? Do you find that there's a different, some different leadership skills that entrepreneurs have to know differently than, you know, senior managers, chairmen, execs? Is, are there different levels of skills? I think there are, I, I don't think, I know that there are different levels of skill sets depending on the level that you are at. Okay. Where entrepreneurs are concerned, we tend to be, especially for solopreneurs, solopreneurs don't necessarily need the same skill sets mm. that someone who leads a thousand person company or a 500 person company. Yeah. Uh, an entrepreneur who has a team of 15 or 20, if they're in-house, that requires a different set of skill sets. If they're around the world, as many of us have, our teams in different parts of the country, there's another set of skill sets. There's another uh, group of skill sets mm -hmm. that we need. So it really depends on the kind of business that you are growing. Yeah. And I suppose as we make a, a good point as well with with – even entrepreneurs and solopreneurs can create, can develop a, an international team because we yes. have we have this now facility where you know with fiverr.com and elance and all of these sort of things we have this uh, vehicle that allows us to to create a team more tailor made perhaps to our requirements absolutely and the internet and the online community has really made that much easier for entrepreneurs. When we were, uh, we're a military family, when we were stationed in England, I look at my business from 25 years ago, and if the internet were as evolved as it is now, my business would look very different than it did then. Yeah. So it really has made a huge difference. And for you, what do you think are, are some key principles to being a good a good leader for the let's say the solopreneur and the entrepreneur with a small team because that's generally the type of audience that we're looking for for this show leadership is personal yeah. and i truly believe that when you follow your heart everything else will fall into place okay when we live in the practical, tactical, and logical world and we leave so and we lead solely from that place, mm. 
we can truly create chaos in our world. When we lead from the emotional, the intuitive, the spiritual and the physical, and only those places, we can also create chaos. It's when we integrate all of those components that the magic happens, that we allow ourselves the opportunities to lead as we are meant to lead Mm. in this lifetime. And I find that that's one of the things that intuitive leaders, and and that's the technique that I teach, Mm. intuitive leaders who begin to work with me don't know how to integrate all sides of themselves. Okay. So when when you talk about intuitive leading, that is a, a merger of both, if you want, the hard and the soft skills. Is that right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Okay. okay. And do you find that with when you're talking about that, do you do you find that I'm gonna what I've always found is is women are more open to those sort of skills, but I find it harder for men to admit they are more open to those sort of skills. Have you found that or is that just me? Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. Right. No, no, no. Okay. It is. You are absolutely correct. Uh, I have been working with engineers most of my life. I don't know why the universe continues to send me engineers. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is about helping them tap into that emotional and values-based leadership. Mm-hmm. I will never rem- I will never forget a time when I owned my leadership center, the Winds of Change Leadership Center. Mm-hmm. I was doing a management training for 125 leaders from a local government agency. And they would come in in groups of 12 to 18. And I would work with them and offer them exercises from a very practical, tactical, and logical perspective yeah. the way it was set up, that led them to the other side. And yeah. I remember one woman specifically and a gentleman who was sitting next to her who said to me that they had never experienced a leadership program like that and they wish that there was more. Mm. Yeah. Because... I help them tap into, without them even realizing it, a very powerful emotional place to help them guide their own team members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, for you, what what do you think are the are the common mistakes that entrepreneurs, solopreneurs are? when they're trying to become good leaders, what do you think are some common mistakes that they make? They ignore and are too afraid to listen to their intuition. Okay. Number one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's the first one. Number two, they know a lot more than they think they know. Yeah. 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 I think that, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's a good one because what quite often as well, the leaders that I've known in some of the companies that I've worked for is they, I would say they lead with a more industrial age approach. And yes. I've noticed this when I've worked with clients who have come in from corporate and the, the, when we're trying to sort of coach them through it, they come with this very, very different attitude towards leadership than yes. sort of maybe the like I I never had any leadership training is mm-hmm. for me it is 
I kind of like just went with what my gut was saying, which did create chaos. I'm, I'm going to completely admit to that. But it's but it was something that I just thought that this is how it should be done. And then as I started it, I started to you know research and read. And one of my favorite uh, authors is David Rock, um, who talks about quiet leadership and those. And, and uh, there's another book I can't remember what the other book is, but I love his sort of stuff. And it just it just made sense to me the way certain pe- where the way you are to lead authentically. Yes, but when you come from companies who have they teach you to do it and it's kind of like if you keep on doing what you've always done you'll always get the same results absolutely and they just jump from that company and then run it Mm -hmm. how they really didn't like that company being run and that may be one of the reasons why they wanted to become an entrepreneur or solopreneur and they just jump in and they do exactly the same thing within their company and it changes they end up creating the culture that they didn't want and you are so correct with that. And one of the pieces that I write, uh, in one of the chapters in my book, The Enchanted Boardroom, I write about the waterfall effect. Yeah. And the waterfall effect is about workplace culture. Okay. And if you can imagine, may, may I share it with you? Yes, absolutely. Please do. Okay. If you can imagine two waterfalls. Okay. The first thing to remember is that water can be very healing. And water can also be very destructive. Mm. So we're going to work with the the destructive waterfall first. In this waterfall, the customer is at the top of the waterfall. And the employee is at the bottom of the waterfall. So think about it. If water is destructive and the customer is at the top of the waterfall and it's going down on top of the employees, the employees are drowning Mm. and they become like salmon trying to swim upstream to connect with the customer. Yeah. Can you feel how hard that feels? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of – go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say an awful lot of effort. An awful lot of effort. And the employee is working in a go, 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 have to, have to, have to, need to, need to, need to type environment, and which often ends up being a fearful environment. So the customer ends up reigning king. And when the customer is always king and the employee lacks appreciation and gratitude from their own managers and their own leaders, it literally sucks the life out of the corporation, out of the business, out of the culture. It becomes a very task-focused culture. Now, let's spring over. I love this word spring. Let's spring over to waterfall number two, where the water is healing and the employee is at the top of the waterfall. The employee is given the attention and the customer service that they deserve. They are appreciated. They are... Uh, They feel the gratitude of the leaders and the managers. It's in a leadership culture where the leaders realize that their employees are the commodity. And without their employees, they would not be in existence. These are employees who will do anything for their leaders, anything for their managers, because they are treated so well. And that water flows beautifully downstream and just 
flows on top of the customer and the cupner the cupner <laughs> the customer feels that energy that attitude that gratitude and a beautiful example of this cultural uh, of this culture is southwest airlines yeah i have been flying them for 10 years and every time i go on one of those airplanes i interview the flight attendants and they all say the same thing they are always there longer than they expected because they love the company so much because the company loves them and makes the employee king they mm. treat the employee with trust honor and respect they feel valued and appreciated yeah and is it is southwest not one of the only airline companies that actually makes a profit I think so. Yeah. Yes, I well, believe so. That's, that's, they do make a profit. Yeah, that's a surprise. And you just yes, and yet really. too many people don't don't follow the follow suit. They also have two free bags, and you can change your uh, ticket for free. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's 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 been having the courage to do something different, isn't it? Yes, it is. And they have done something different. Yeah. And that's why the water uh, waterfall number two is so powerful yeah. because the customer does come second yeah. and the employee does come first. Yeah. And and I think there's there's too many companies. And I, th I think if you're going to be an entrepreneur is learn, learn from that message is that too many times the, the they do not really understand the true benefit of their staff. Yes, because they kind of like, as you say, they kind of like go. No, you're a, you're an end to a, a means to an end, to make. Yes, exactly. You're, you're, you're not the the actual commodity that needs to matter, because actually it's the directors and the senior management aren't the one at the front line. They're the one at the back. That's right. It's the yes, people at the exactly. front are the ones that are dealing with all of that stuff. Well, you know, one of the things that I talk about is flow. Mm. The energy of flow in the environment. Mm. When everything is flowing, it feels really good. You are in alignment. And when you look at the word flow and you reverse it, mm. it spells wolf. Yeah. yeah. And in wolf packs, how they work is the strongest and the most powerful are in the back of the pack. Yeah, they only go as fast as the slowest, don't they? That's exactly right. Yeah. So they are supporting. Mm. They are in a position of protection. They are in a position of appreciation and care. Yeah. Versus the other way around mm. where the leaders are in the front yeah. and everybody else has to play catch up. Yeah. No, yeah, I like that. I like that. That's that's uh, that's really good. I like that. That's a powerful message really. Yes, it is. Very powerful message. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for sharing your your knowledge. That I'm that there's a lot. I've got loads of notes here. Hopefully, you haven't heard in the in the audio that I'm scribbling away. Because now we have not heard. I've got tons. So um, so now what we do is we come to the the quiz the quiz time, and it's about a series of questions that I'm going to ask you that I ask every guest on the show, and because I really get I really think it's important that we create some sort of common theme that everyone can learn from. So I'm going to go through these questions. So question number okay. one is, is how much time do you spend a month on self-development? Daily. Daily. Oh, goodness. 
Daily. Uh, I want to say at least an hour to two hours daily. Okay. And what's your favorite vehicle in doing that? Is it video, audio book, reading, a mixture of everything? What What is it? It really is a mixture of everything because if I'm walking, mm. I am listening to audio. Okay. If I'm sitting, I love watching video. Yeah. Uh, I learned from movies. We just watched a movie yesterday. Yeah. And we learned so much from the movie. It was just a regular movie. Mm. We were just relaxing, but it was a movie that taught many lessons. Mm. Yeah. While we were having fun. Yeah. Best way. Best way. Okay, so question number two is, what is your favorite personal development book and why? Uh, this gets everyone because I think yes. they have so many. <laughs> and it, and, just, and it doesn't have to be a personal development book. It could be just a lesson that you've learned from a book. It's When I wrote my first book in 1998, a brilliant book last, uh, landed in my lap. And the name of the book was The Customer Comes Second. Okay. And that book still lives with me. Brilliant. Okay. Customer. Do you, do you remember who that was by? Rosenbluth. Okay. Well, I'll yes. get that on the show notes so people can. And that's, and, and that's, it still resonates with you now. Absolutely. That yeah. it is from that book that I created the waterfall effect. Yeah. It's a sign of a powerful message in a powerful book, isn't it? Yes, it is. And that's in 1998 when my first book was published. Fantastic. Brilliant. Okay. Third question is, what is your favorite app to help you with your, let's say, to help you with the business, or it can be to help you with your um, your personal life, maybe organizing it or whatever? Oh, my. <laughs> There's so many. I, know. I, know. I just have to look for my phone. It's like a small a small library of just apps. Yeah. Simpleology. Oh, and what's that one about? Simpleology is a wonderful vehicle to help you get organized. Okay. In mind, body, and spirit. It was created by a Army Intel officer, okay. uh, Mark Joyner, who is a New York bestseller. And I've been using it since 2005. And when I walk away from it, I'm not as organized. When I stick with it, I'm very organized. And it teaches organization in a spectacular way. He's a brilliant, brilliant man. And uh, it's something that I uh, encourage my own clients to work with. Okay, brilliant. Okay, simpleology. Fantastic. Excellent. Okay, question number four is what has been your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? Oh, this is a biggie. <laughs> Not setting boundaries. Okay. Okay. And can you elaborate slightly? Oh, yes. <laughs> Entrepreneurs often fail to do this one big thing. And setting boundaries is the number one rule in stress resiliency. Yeah. I didn't set boundaries. I was working towards, and I'm going to use the word trying. It's one of the five words that I ask people to avoid in their language. I was trying to please everyone. And in fact, in trying to please everyone, I burned out multiple times. Mm. And a lot of it had to do with the lack of belief in myself that I could please every everyone without expending so much energy and doing it the way I did hurt my family, 
It hurt myself. It hurt my clients. It hurt my business. So it truly is about learning how to set boundaries Mm. and learning how to love oneself enough to be able to say no at the appropriate times and to hold on to that no because you know it feels good. And if the other person doesn't like it, that's their problem, not yours. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's about you letting them own that, not you, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it really is. That's brilliant. Excellent. Okay. So the next question is, what challenges do you have, or what are your challenges, should I say, in balancing work and life? Boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's good that you're still practicing. <laughs> uh, boundaries. Yeah. I still have to focus on boundaries yeah. because, you know, by nature, I am a go, 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 do, do, do person. Yeah. And that's how I'm built. Okay. And yes, that's still, I'm still, I work on it every day. Okay. Good. You can only get better. You can get better every day. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, question number six is, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known when you started out. Please don't say boundaries, because that's a that's it's starting to be a blanket thing. But um, so, what did what advice would you give? Um, get yourself a mentor, a coach, okay, someone that you trust, someone that you respect. There are a lot of agencies uh, who have people who have been there, done that. Hmm. Go to them, seek as much information as you can. And hire yourself a coach that, and sometimes you may have to work with two or three different people because not every coach focuses on all areas. One coach may be an excellent business coach. Another coach may be wonderful at helping you heal emotions and getting out of your own way. Yeah. Okay. Another coach may, may be an expert at relationships. So it's about finding those people. First of all, it's about identifying those areas that you feel that you are weak on and then finding the people and the resources that can help you fantastic brilliant yeah i like that one again and as well as i think i think people underestimate the power of coaching yes they do i think is is um it's that it's it's you know sports professionals athletes have coaches there's a reason why they have coaches it's because they want to be able to use their knowledge their skill sets that can elevate their success and we can do that the same within business and life and relationships and all of those areas. We've just got to be prepared to go and find them and invest in them. Yes. Yeah, that's really, really good. And, and when the student is ready, the right teacher will always show up. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. As long as you've got your head out of the ground. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the second. There's always a there's always a caveat to that one. Um, yes, yes, yes. So the the final question is the life lesson question. So basically what I've done is is I have written down 50 lessons that I have learned on my road to recovery and my journey into entrepreneurship. So I'm going to give you a number between 1 and 50, and I would like you to pick a number. And when we hit that number, it is a, I don't have a wheel. I should have a wheel that makes noise with numbers on. That would be so much more fun. But oh, it would um, be fun. you just pick a number, and then I will give you the life lesson. Number 38, please. Okay, number 38 is the critics. Okay. Mm. Um, and basically, this is from there is always people out there that are always happy to share advice or what they consider advice that tells you you shouldn't be doing something and mm. or tell you that it's, you know, in a negative way, in, in a non feedback way, they want to tell you that it's rubbish or that you shouldn't be doing it. 
And of course, we also have the internal critic critic as well. That is probably even louder than the exterior critics. Yes. And I'm interested to know what what sort of experience you've had. Is it something that you've had to learn about dealing with critics in in your life? Oh, geez, it's huge, huge, uh, because when you're surrounded with people who work nine to five and you take the step to go into your own business and do something that's different than what they know to be true, when you show the courage, when you show the belief, when you show the energy and the stick to those folks can often go in one or two, of two directions. They're either going to support you yeah. or they do become the critic. Yeah. And the critic is because they may see you struggling, so they think that you're never going to make it. So we often end up stopping just before success lands at our feet. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And it's it's hard, especially when the people you love the most – Mm. Don't believe in what you do. I, I know, Jeff, that you're an EFT practitioner. Yeah. Recently, someone very, very close to me was in a lot of pain. And I also at, do EFT, as you know. Mm. And I said, you know, I will be more than happy to work with you on that. And, and also because I'm a Reiki master and I do NLP and all those other uh, holistic modalities, which I learned, by the way, to heal myself first. Yeah. And I and I said to this person who happens to be an engineer, <laughs> I would be more than happy to assist you and help you. And this person who I love with my whole heart and soul just looked at me and said, I don't believe in any of that nonsense. Yeah. And in another lifetime, I would have taken that so personally and been so hurt. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, keep hurting, buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I th- I, there's, 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 you know, there's other licensing in there, but I think that the other one is, is that I think people need to understand is don't knock it until you've openly tried it. Yes, because exactly. I think there's that there's there's we can dismiss so many things because of ignorance, really. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't yes. think there's a there's a there's a different way to put it. Is is either we come in with this ego going, you know, it's it's you know, it's too fluffy or it's too woo woo for me or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But the truth of the matter is, is that there's an awful lot of, and I remember doing this when I was, when I was ill is there's an awful lot of stuff that I would initially in my early illness days, just immediately dismissed because it was like someone from the Northeast of England who's six foot four and as big as what I am does not do Reiki or does not do EFT or does not do, you know, whatever. Um, as meditation is always the one that I always laughed at and shunned at. And it's not until you let go of that and just allow yourself to go, do you know what? If it means I'm going to get better, I'm going to give it everything I possibly can. And if after I've tried it, it still doesn't, doesn't resonate with me. Okay. But never dismiss something before you've been willing to try it and give you that you, you yourself the opportunity to heal because I don't, I just don't see the point. You're absolutely correct. And I'll share this very quickly with you is I had eight major surgeries. Mm-hmm. And after the eighth, eighth surgery, I thought everything was over and, and healing and blah, blah, blah. And I went into a very deep depression. And my surgeon just was like, Terry, I don't know what to do with you. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and said, this was 1997, 96. And I said, you know, there's this thing called Reiki that has landed in my lap. I don't understand it. But my friend sent it to me on my way to the ER. 
and I felt a difference. And my surgeon, God bless him, looked at me point blank and said, Terry, there is nothing more in Western medicine that can help you. Do it. Just do it. And basically he gave me permission that and I didn't need permission, but in my mind, I guess in my soul, I guess I needed it. Mm. Um, he gave me permission to run, and yeah. I did, yeah. and I ran full throttle, yeah. and didn't look back. Yeah, no, it's and cool. it's amazing all of that healed. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's amazing what you do if you just got the courage to jump. Yes, I think that's the amazing thing. Well, Terry, thank you very much. Um, I am going to give you an opportunity to share how people can find you, you know, any programs or services you've got going um, and social media links. They will also be on the show notes as well, but I will let you do that and then I will finish off the show. Thank you. Well, people can find me at my website, www.intuitiveleadership.com. Dot com. Also, my next book, The Enchanted Boardroom, Evolve into an Unstoppable Intuitive Leader, releases November 15th. You can pre-order it starting in October 18th of 2016. So the hard, the hard launch will be November 15th of 2016. And I'm very excited about this. This is my seventh book, my second solo. And um, it will, it talks about a lot of what you and I talked about today, Jeff. Yeah. It really gets into a lot of it. So uh, I am on Facebook. All I have to do is type in Terry Wildeman, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, type in Terry Wildeman. That's W-I-L-D-E-M-A-N-N and Terry with a Y. Terry, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Jeff. This was such an honor. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So we've come to the end of the show. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have benefited from listening, please could you take some time to pop over to iTunes, leave a review and a rating as it helps me promote the show, allowing me to support other people, which you know is a big mission of mine. If you would like to email me to ask some questions or perhaps suggest some topics, you can send me emails to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk. I love hearing from you and your feedback really does help me make this show better. If you would like to find out more about me and how I can assist you to live the exceptional life, then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter, which is GNCoach, and all the other social media sites is Jeff Nicholson UK. I look forward to speaking to you next week, and I wish you the greatest success. Take care.